Psalm chapter 111. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with all of my heart. In the company of the upright, in the congregation, great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Full of splendor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the inheritance of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and they are just. All of his precepts, they are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded the covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And all who practice it have good understanding. His praise endures forever. God is faithful. Amen? God is faithful. How faithful is God. I have been, um, well, we've, we've only been done with this building for about 24 hours. So the last 24 hours, I have been very weepy. Um, and I'm not, I'm, I don't feel like I'm that old, but I feel like I'm getting older. We all are getting older, I guess. I've always heard you get older and you can't stop crying. Is that true? Don't, don't say yes, because that means you're old. All right. But I've just been crying the last few days. And the reason is, um, I remember walking into our church. I wasn't even there at the beginning. I'm not as old as Laura. Um, wasn't even there. But I remember walking into our church with 20 or 30 people um, sitting around the Montessori school and just loving being together as a family, worshiping God. It was the most unique thing I've ever seen. I mean, it, it was nothing like church as we knew it, but... It was church in that there was a group of people who loved God and who knew and believed that he loved us and believed that he had sent his son Jesus for the forgiveness of our sin to bring us new life, to bring a new birth in our hearts, which he does for everyone who trusts him by faith and repents of their sin. A group of people who were committed to be a light in this community, to share the gospel of his grace and of his mercy through Jesus with everyone that we came in contact with, a group of people that was just willing to follow God and to believe God for what he could do, a group of people who literally just wanted to serve and put our faith into action in the ways that we could or the neighborhood that God had planted us in. And we didn't have a clue that this would be here today. We just had a clue that God was real. God was God, and he is worthy of everything that we have. Amen? And you want to know how we're here today? How do we go from that little place in the house to that little bit bigger place in the school to that little bit bigger place in the hotel to this day having our first home base of ministry? God is faithful. God is faithful. I don't have any other way to describe it. It doesn't make sense on paper. You look at Jeff and me, you know us bumbling idiots is not us, right? We're just two goofy guys that really like having a good time. And uh, we're willing to follow God, and you're willing to follow God. The story here is none other than just God having a heart for Memphis, 
having a heart for Mud Island, having a heart for downtown and a heart for Midtown and a heart for you who are here today. And God doing what God does, which is following after his people, chasing them down, pursuing them to bring them back to him. Amen? And we're just a, just a small part of what God is doing. The story here today is not ICC. The story is not 721 North Parkway. The story that is here today is that God is faithful. I got a couple of stacks that I want to show you, and I promise you I'm not going to preach for 45 minutes today because I know what time it is, okay? I just want to celebrate the Lord. First stack I want to show you is this. We found this the other day in the closet. Back in the back, they were doing some digging. If you can see this, I've got to be careful unrolling it because it's from 1964. Things from 1964 can fall apart easy. Oh, I'm sorry, that's some of you. You know you've got to handle it with care, folks. Handle it with care. 1964. These are the blueprints for Kent's Dollar Store. And that is this building. <laughs> Kent's Dollar Store. And the funny thing is, it says Jackson Avenue Renewal Area. And I thought, well, my word, not much has changed in 50 years. <laughs> We're still trying to renew this area. <laughs> I remember the first uh, time that I came into this building. Uh, a conversation was started with Allsack St. Jude and our church um, about leasing this space. And the opportunity was here for us. We had been on our knees. Let me just tell you, you need to be a praying person. And you need to be a person that believes God and that believes He answers when you pray. We had been on our knees for the better part of three years asking the Lord to provide a space for us. Couldn't afford it, needed a bigger place, didn't know where to find it. And a relationship started with Allsack St. Jude, a conversation started. I'll never forget the first day that uh, Rick Shadiak and I walked in here. And Rick, you can probably testify to this. It was a big, open warehouse. There was nothing in it except for a few old Gator discount store signs, cobwebs, some old tile, dusty, dusty floors. And I think the designers had a fun with this, but right where my office sat, there was a big sign, the only sign that really hung in the whole place, and it just said lingerie. <laughs> That's what hung right there in the pastor's office, what now is a pastor's office. And I pray it's the only time lingerie will be hanging in there, okay? But let me just say... We walked in here that day, and we were thinking, my word, my word, this is an awesome space. But looking at it, we were like, how, how are we going to use this space? I mean, it's open space, but there's a ton of work that's got to be done. And we're like 100 people at that time, and it's like, how are we going to do this? And I remember starting to pray. And we together as a church started to pray. And it became crystal clear to us in my heart, in our hearts, that this is the place that God was leading our church. The numbers looked big and scary. The plans looked out of our reach. The long-term interest, we weren't really sure how they were going to happen. But here's what we did know. And it's really all you have to know. That God was doing this. That God was leading us here. And so last November, we said yes 
we took a step of faith as a church and we said, yes, God, we will believe you as we have always done. Our success has never lied on our thoughts and our plans. It's always relied on you and your leadership, your faithfulness and your commitment to reach people for Jesus in this community. And we just will say yes. And we did. We signed the contract. And let me tell you, the last year has been a year where, got to set it down gently now. Uh, the last year has been a year where it has been up and down and up and down. And we said yes, but all along the way, there have been so many times where we have gone, Lord, uh, we're out of money. Or Lord, we this came this is not going to work. Lord, the code people say we can't use this. Lord, 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 Lord. And the whole process, it has come to roadblock again and again. And every single time, God has answered our prayer. And this day, I tell you, the only reason that we are here is because God is faithful. The second, second stack that I want to show you is this stack right here. Some of you guys saw it. There's a picture on the screen, I think, if you didn't see it. In the business section of this week's paper, uh, there is this big article. And the headline I love, Prayer Answered. Not about ICC, not about Barrett, not about you. This is about God. The headline of this facility is that God is faithful. He is faithful. He is awesome. He is worthy to be trusted. This is his church, not ours. He is doing this, not us. God has answered our prayer. Amen? This stack of paper has been mounted right by the door as you leave uh, this place full article there, which, to be honest, if I could have written it, I would have written it a little bit different. But it's there, and it's a testimony, more than anything, to the fact that God is working here in Memphis among his people, and he is working in us, not because of us, but because we are surrendered to him. Amen? I pray that will always be a stack, that headline, to remind us, as long as we're here, this is not our doing. This is the Lord's. The third stack I want to show you this morning is actually in your Bible. And it's only going to take just a few minutes for me to show it to you. So if you look at Joshua chapter 4, I want to show you a third stack this morning that is a testimony to God's faithfulness, but also a challenge for us, for our church. The people of God, much like our church, but in a very different time, in a very different place, have been called by God to Him. They had covenanted in a relationship with Him and with one another. They had covenanted to follow Him and to be faithful to Him and to follow His leading. And God had promised to them that He had a great plan and a future for them, as He does to everyone who will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That God would redeem their life and He would lead them to a place that He had prepared for them. He would make them a light and to all people. But they had been journeying a long time. And it had finally come time here for them to begin to cross over that Jordan River. <laughs> Many of you guys know the story well. But to enter into the land that God had prepared for them. But when they get to the river, imagine me telling you, all right, guys, we're going to leave here today. 
we're going to go to Arkansas, but there's no bridges built. And we get up to the banks of the Mississippi down on Mud Island. And I say, let's go, guys. What are you going to do? Huh? You going to follow? Who's going to step their foot in first? Who's going to end up in Tunica next week, all right? Right? That's what everybody's going to be thinking. I'm washing away. That's what we do in baptism. We just wash people down to Tunica. It's going to be tough. They came to a place where they knew God had called them to the other side. They knew where God was leading. They knew his promise. They knew his grace and renewal in their life through Christ. And yet they come to a place where they know God is leading them to that place and they got to cross that river. And what ends up happening here, let's just read it together. Joshua chapter 4, verses 1. We'll start there. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, guess what happened? The Lord had a plan to get them from where they were to where he wanted them to be. What seemed impossible to them was possible with him. He is faithful. And he saw to it that they could cross that river. And when they had crossed that river, he said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe of men, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. Go on out there in the middle of the river. Take each of you up a stone, a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of people of Israel, that this might be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them of the waters of the Jordan that were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And so these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. Look down at verse 19. The people came up out of the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and they encamped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in times to come, What do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know. Israel passed over the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over, as the Lord your God did in the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over, so that all of the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, and that you may fear the Lord forever. In God's leading of his people, he doesn't want to show us great. He wants to show himself great. And when he calls us to things as he called the people of Israel, to take hold of the promises that he had given them, it wasn't them that had the power to get them to where he was leading them. It was God. And he was faithful. He parted the river, and they went through on dry ground. Because he is powerful. Because he is faithful. 
Because he wants to be known among all people as God. He loved the prayer answered article in the commercial appeal because it exalts his name. God is God. And our response is just to follow, to believe, to continue to give ourselves to him. But today is a marker day at ICC. And that's what Joshua learned. That's what the Lord was telling him and the people then. Was not only should you see me do it now, but I want you to set this day aside. I want you to build another stack. I want you to remember that in this place, I have done something awesome. At this place, this will forever be a memorial that God is a great God. And he is building his church. And he is taking care of his people. And he is redeeming lives. God is a great God who can be trusted because he is faithful. He said, build that up. And when people who come after you who didn't see, didn't see this process, they didn't see you cross over that water, they didn't see the miraculous work that I did, you can still point to this stack and say, God was faithful and he still is today. Amen? And I believe this place today, this facility, this warehouse that's been converted to a ministry center, it's just space. It's a space for people to meet God. But this space is special because it's a stack of memorial stones in its own sense. This is a marker place and a marker day in the life of our church. And we need to build it and look at it with awe and remember that God is a covenant-keeping God who takes care of his people, who is building his church, and he is changing lives through Jesus Christ. Amen? This place is a testimony forever to the faithfulness of God. And the memorial served this purpose that you might look back at it. Listen, folks, church, we will move forward from this day. There's going to be a day that comes where we might get accustomed to being in this space and might take for granted that this is ours and think that something that we have done or that we have paid for, that blah, 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 blah. But let me tell you, as long as I'm here, we will never have that attitude. We will always look back at this day, at this season, and remember that it is only by God's grace, it is only by God's power, it is only by His provision and His faithfulness that we are here and we will continue to live on our knees in thanksgiving before our awesome and mighty God. You agree with me? Just say amen. I know there are a lot of people who have also been a part of this process, and I want to say quick thanks, like an Oscar moment for me, except my mic doesn't go down because it's on my ear, and you just have to listen to it. There's a couple of people, our hearts go to God, but there are people that God has used in this process, and I just don't want to be remiss to miss anybody. I want to first thank my wife, Michelle. Um, I could not do this, and I would not want to do this uh, without her by my side. And the same goes for for Robbie. Um, Robbie. Robbie has been a hero through this whole process, and it's, um, he's, in the last month, a little bit more than a month, has taken the lead in this project to get us across this finish line, 
He's worked tirelessly day in and day out. And not only is he a hard worker, he's a wonderful pastor. And it's wonderful to serve not only together as co-pastors, but to serve with your best friend. And I just love Robbie so much, and I'm just so thankful for him in my life. Um, I want to thank you, our church. Uh, You have been up here tirelessly, day in, day out, week in, week out. All the walls that were painted here, the floors that were sealed, the panels that are on the wall, the screens that are hung, the stage here, everything. Not everything. I'll get to that in a second. But a lot of it has been done by the church and the generosity of our church. And I want to say thank you to you. I want to say thank you to Osak and St. Jude. I know Rick uh, Shadiak is here today, and I want to say thank you to him. And I also want to say thank you to the Osak uh, leadership team, who has been such great friends and great community partners here, that uh, we could work together in this space to share a common vision to make our community and our world a better place. And I just want to say thank you to them, if you'll give them a round of applause. I want to say thank you to Terry Bell, who's sitting right here. Terry uh, has been our contractor on this project. Terry is a man of God. And many times I'd be up here and we'd be in a crisis and Terry would be up here praying. It's wonderful to work with somebody who prays. Amen? And who believes God. And he did this project. No one else could do what he did for what he did. And uh, he has been more than generous to our church in this process, and I just want to say thank you, Terry. I love you, brother, and uh, I want to say thank you to Don, uh, Don Dodson, who is here, who has been a huge help and supplier for materials that we have needed. Uh, he is a manager at BPI, has been there forever, and I just want to say thank you for him putting his neck on the line and getting us stuff uh, that we probably shouldn't have gotten for cost or free, and hopefully nobody listens to this online, Don, but thank you. We love you, brother. (laughs) I want to say thank you to Renaissance Group, who some of them may be here today. They're architects. They did a phenomenal job on this project. I also want to say thank you to Ken Lecco, who is a friend and uh, part of this church, and he has just graciously brought, he and our other interior designers in the church, his touch And just, if you like the way things look, would you just applaud? It's just amazing. Uh, He also took on my office as a special project. You don't want to miss that. And I just want to say thank you to Ken. Um, I want to say thank you to our partner churches, uh, specifically uh, Faith Baptist Church, uh, Bellevue Baptist Church, Kirby Woods. Uh, Baptist Church and also Mercy Hill Church and I know Brad is here this morning they all either donated money or people and I just want to say thank you to all of them who are a part of this process I want to say thank you to our association here Mitch Martin, Dr. Mitch Martin is here somewhere and I want to say thank you to him he is our associational leader and the association of churches in this area has rallied behind us and beside us to just support us and bless us in this time, and I want to say thank you to them. Also, First Alliance Bank, uh, right down the street here, if you want a bank, that's your bank. Uh, They loaned us, I mean, we're a crazy group of church starters, and I told him to walk in this morning how thankful I was, how risky this project was. He says, oh my gosh, don't tell me that. (laughs) But uh, I want to say thank you to their team for coming alongside of us and partnering with us as we pledged to pay off the building. They came along and provided a line of credit so that we could work our pledge against that to get this done in the time frame we needed. 
And I also uh, just want to thank my family and our friends, the families that are here today. Um, I believe that as we look at this stack, as we look at this marker moment of God's faithfulness, our hearts should forever be thankful for God's mercy and grace that he has provided for us at this moment. My challenge to you this morning is this, and then I'm done, and you'll be glad you go eat. There's another reason that the Lord instructed Joshua to build that stack. It's not only for them to look back at it and think about God's faithfulness in times past, but it's also for them to look back at it and remember that he is still faithful today. You know, as we get into this building, um, there could be a tendency. We could become a country club kind of church where we just like this place so much we just hang out here all the time. We could become a closed door church where we're just comfortable with this awesome group that we have today and just kind of close up, hold up, clam up. We become a church that's reliant upon our own resources. We could become a church that begins hoarding in order to do more for ourselves. That's not the kind of church that we're going to become. That marker was meant to show that, you know how the people crossed the Jordan? They believed God. They followed God. They trusted Him. They surrendered to Him. And in the same way, every step of the future was to be accomplished in the same way, just by surrendering themselves to God and what He could do. Church, as we move forward, my charge and challenge to you, my commitment to you is to lead us in continued faith in our awesome God. Our way forward is to continue to radically trust Him, radically follow Him, radically live on mission for Him. Our mission statement is this, that we exist to treasure and follow Jesus and bring everyone everywhere to do the same. We will continue to be a church that is radically centered and amazed by Jesus Christ. And let me tell you why. It's because you were created by God for God. Every person in this room, and I'm talking to you, you were created by our God for our God to live in relationship with him. You're meant, your heart is meant to find satisfaction in him to find trust in Him, to see Him as wonderful, to live in worship of Him, to find your greatest joy and satisfaction in Him. But what we know is, you've messed it up, and so have I. Relationship gets broken. All of us, have rebelled against God and trying to find satisfaction in other things, tried to trust other things, tried to make ourselves the center of our lives. All we like sheep have gone astray. And if it were up to us, we would never be able to come back to God. And we would forever pay the penalty for our sin, which is death and eternal separation from God. That's what I deserve. And that's what you deserve. But God, 
being rich in mercy, being full of love and grace. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whosoever might believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. You see, a lot of people try to get back to God, but let me tell you this. You're never going to do it by being a good person, by trying harder, by being a socially concerned person. You won't do it. You'll never be good enough. And you'll never be able to get rid of the guilt and the fear and the shame and the just knowing that you're separated from God and that you deserve sin, never on your own. But God has done everything for you in Jesus Christ to bring you back to him. Everything. That's why the symbol of our religion is a cross and not scales. We look to one who has paid it all. He lived the life that I should live. And he died the death that I deserve. So that when I trust him, Jesus, who is God, our Savior, when I trust him, who rose from the dead three days later, conquering death to forgive all sin, to go to heaven, to make a way and a home for us to be with God, when I trust Jesus, I have life. Amen? Jesus will continue to be the center of our church. And I will unashamedly, and you should too, try to bring everyone everywhere to know and to love him because he is the giver and fountain of life. And he is the only way back to God who we were made by and made for. Amen? Church, we will continue to treasure Jesus and follow him and bring everyone everywhere to do the same. And we will continue to love each other well. We will continue to love God well. We will continue to grow in our relationship with him. We will continue to serve. We will continue to share the gospel. We will continue to go to the farthest reaches of the nations. We will continue to be the church because the church is not a building. The church is you, the people. And what makes us a church is not a program or a stage. What makes us a church is our willingness to believe and follow Jesus Christ. What brings people is not a sign on the door. It's you going to them and sharing the good news of Jesus. We will continue to be the church. Amen? We will look back at this marker and say, God, you are faithful. And we will forever live in faithfulness to you. Our best days are not behind us. They're ahead of us. Next week, we're bringing a proposition to hire a new pastor. I want to announce today that we have a brand new children's director in Lakita Cabin, and I am so thrilled. We're going to continue to send missionaries. We're going to continue to continue to send teams to find new ways to serve and bless our city. We will continue to be the church. Remember, it's not about this building. It's about the faithfulness of God and our willingness to respond in faith to him. We're going to stand and respond now. You can go ahead and stand. That's fine. But today, today, I want you to know 
that God is a faithful God. If you've been a part of this church in any way, as a partner, as a friend, as a member, as a family member, I just want you to worship God and say, oh Lord, you are so faithful. I want you to take time to do that today. Remember that this is the stack of stones and that we need to praise God for what he has done. I believe there are some of you today that have never surrendered your life. I mean in a real way. You have never truly surrendered your life to God. And you've heard this morning that you were made by him and you are made for him. You might be trying to live life to try to work your way to him. You might be trying to find satisfaction and salvation in other things or numb your way out through entertainment or any, I don't know what it is, but this morning you've heard that God is the one you need. Your heart was made for him. I'm telling you today, you cannot bring yourself back to God. But God has done everything in his son, Jesus Christ, to bring you back to him. What's needed for you today is to repent of your sins, to acknowledge that you have been a rebel, to confess it, to repent of it, to leave it behind and give yourself anew in a real surrender, a real trust to say, Lord Jesus, I want you today to make me new. I want you to bring me back to God. I want you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. If that's you today, I just invite you to respond by trusting him today. Some of you might want to join this church today. What a great day to say, I want to be a part of a church that's faithful to God in this community. I want to be a part of that here. Whatever way you feel led, respond as we sing. We'll close out in just a second.